the reason why Linda and I wanted to do this is to show you that God does monitor prayer and even considers some of our thoughts as prayers I've said. And so I hope this has encouraged you. I hope it, uh, uh, because we don't have access to your prayer life. Again, nobody does except the Holy Spirit So, and what God reveals to us. But the point we're trying to make here is that prayer does work. And God hears the cries of our hearts. But there's more to prayer than just that. Um, how does prayer work? Actually, I don't know. I honestly don't know because we know that God's not in need of our advice. And we know that he doesn't subject himself to our demands and he doesn't need insight from us. He knows all things and what God has ordained is going to come to pass. We know that. Yet, despite all that, he says the prayer of a righteous man, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. So often we think that because God will always do what he's going to do, that um, for him to ask us to pray to him and ask him for things makes no sense. And uh, if God did do what we asked him, it would be less effective than if he did it himself. Now, all those things are all true, we are not to take them into account and in the way God's called us to prayer and partner with him and there is the mystery. It's quite incredible, really. So I want to ask something. If you're particularly new to praying, don't try and find out how it all works and get into all the mechanics of it and the complications of it. Just do it and you will change your own life and the lives of the people in the community around you. So let's not get too technical about how it all works because most of it we're not going to know until after Jesus returned. After Jesus returns. Uh, last week, Jesse talked about a key reason for prayer and why it's important is because it can, keeps us connected to God and he is the source of life. And the life flows from him. And one of the key ways that happens is when we get into prayer before him. And we need his presence to invade us. Amen. We need to be changed from one degree of glory to another. We can be pleased with ourselves today, but all of us, I'm sure, want to be more like him again tomorrow. And prayer does that. So Jesse, who, who can remember what title did Jesse use last week? What was his title of his his message? First things first, thank you. And some of the key points that uh, Jesse was making is that we need to be changed first before God can use us in any given situation. Um, I love what Tozer says about this. It may come up on the screen. But he says this, Eternal God, I realize that I am in no position to tell you how to run your universe or even my tiny corner of it. Yet, somehow, you have given me the awesome privilege of communing, communing with you, bringing my requests and waiting upon you to bring my will in line with yours. Then somehow, you work in answer to my prayer. Thank you. Amen. There it all is right there. 
We don't have to work out how it works. We're just promised it does. And this is so exciting and encouraging that the Almighty God, the ruler of all the universe, the one who sits on his throne in holiness and righteousness, unchallenged by the events of the world, calls us up and says, come on, partner with me and watch what you and I can achieve together. And one of the key tools in doing that is prayer. See, what makes this so effective is that when we get into prayer with God and allow him to change us, we end up praying what is his will, and he does change us and minister through us and begin to bring change to the world around us. And that is one of the key ways God has chosen to work, and we are the only people he has on this earth, so we're it. And that's a wonderful privilege. Why wouldn't we pray? Why wouldn't we bring our heart before God? Why wouldn't we take the opportunity to partner with him in bringing things from darkness to life and prayer empowers us to do that? Sure, uh, it enables us to express our concern. We can quiet the mind. We can calm the nerves. And then we can turn our focus from ourselves to God and to his people and other people and the things that God wants us to do. It moves us up and brings us into the ultimate purpose of life, even if we can't understand the situation. So I want to bring an amazing illustration of this. So we're going to go to Mark 1. 32 to 38, and I'm going to read that and you can follow along on the screen or um, you can listen to it when I read it. But it's talking about Jesus ministering. And it says, When the evening come came after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city had gathered at the door. He had healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons and he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Okay, full stop. Tremendous ministry going on. People getting healed, set free, amazing things going on. At some time in that time, Jesus went off to bed. There's a whole message to be preached in that, but I'm not going there. So then we come to the next morning, verse 35. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Simon and his companions searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said, listen to this, let's go somewhere else to the towns nearby so I can preach there also, for that is what I came for. Now listen to this. Jesus is in the flow of the Spirit. For all those of you who love to minister and pray and do all this thing, the anointing of God is flowing and people are getting healed and delivered and set free. And it says the whole city, normally in those days about 5,000 people, the whole city had come down 
to be with him. And when he went off to sleep, they probably laid down to sleep, but they've all gone up early in the morning. And what would any preacher or teacher with his or her salt do? Go straight out there and say, wow, I don't need a word from God. The anointing of God is flowing here. Amazing things are happening here. Let's get into it again. And Jesus says, I have been with the Father this morning in prayer. And the Father has commissioned me to do something different today. They must have said you're crazy. What more can you do than what's happening here? See, Jesus wasn't looking at all the circumstances and the power flow and building a name for himself and the way God was ministering through him at that time. Jesus was waking up afresh each day with a clean, clear, open heart and saying, Father, what is it that you require of me today? And he was allowing the Father to lead him. So he goes off, and I shake my head and think, I can't believe that. With everything happening, everything going on. But see, he was tuned into one thing and one thing only. God, what is your purpose for my life this day? And sometimes it would be the same, sometimes it would be different. But it's the same for every one of us. Just because this and this and this happened yesterday with great anointing and great blessing of God doesn't mean we stay in the same place. And there's many stories of scripture that show that when people did stay in the same place, the spirit of God moved on and they were left behind. And we don't want to be caught up with that. So the point simple. Prayer aligns us with the plans of God even when we can't understand them, or even when they don't seem to make sense. Prayer aligns us with the plans of God. And God is working to a master plan that we can only hold a tiny piece of in our vision, in our understanding, or whatever else. And we must continually go back to the master for fresh guidance, fresh instructions, fresh empowering, fresh directions of what is it that he wants from us for this day. Psalm 119, so I I just want to move on to a point, so let me just put a full stop there at the end of that point. We've got to lay hold of not the technical, and by the way, I'm not knocking books on the theology of prayer and all of that stuff, but we've got to lay hold of not the technicalities of it, but the power of it and what it produces for us, what it produces for God and what it produces for his kingdom. And all that means is we just do it. What is prayer? Talking to God. There's huge aspects of it we could look at, but it's simply talking to God. So, one more point that I want to look at. Psalm 119, verse 114, it says this, You are my hiding place and my shield. I wait for your word. So, what is a hiding place? Well, as a young man, when life was free and easy, and most of Upper Heart, I was born here, um, most of Upper Heart was a country place or a farming community. The street I grew up in was my grandfather's farm. Uh, I learnt to wander. 
and my parents could let me wander freely without any concerns. And I just love to wander. And a lot of the area that's all been cleared up now was in bush following the river. And I would just wander there for the whole day. And one of the things I love doing, and some of you all know the place Barton's Bush, which is down the back of Trentham Memorial Park. It's much smaller now than what it used to be. But one of the things I used to love doing is going into the bush and finding a hiding place. And I would find this hiding place and if people walked past, nobody would know I was there. And I loved being in this hiding place just on my own. I didn't know the Lord then, sadly, but I loved being in this hiding place. And it would thrill me that I'm set aside somewhere where no one can find me, see me, know where I am. So what did I do there? Basically, I would just think. Think about everything. Life, I was happy. Think about everything, life, what was going on, the birds, the trees, all of that stuff. As I got older, I developed in my skills. Age has caught up with me now. But sometimes I would take my pack and my rifle and go off hunting on my own and I would walk 10 hours to get to this lovely place by the river. All my kids have been there and a couple of people who used to be in this fellowship have been there. And I would set up my tent and I would stay there on my own for 7 to 10 days. I wouldn't see a soul. I wouldn't see one person. And I and this is both before and after I was a Christian. And I absolutely loved being in a hiding place. And see, the thing is that David is saying to God, God is his hiding place and is his shield. And when we go to that place, God understands all our burdens. He understands all our cares and our struggles. He's not only a help desk or an answer machine, although he does perform those things. But what he does, he provides a place for us where we are loved just for who we are. Not because of who we could be, not because of some of the great things we may or may not have done. We are loved just because of who we are. And this is where he spreads his wings and takes us under it. And this has caused the psalmist to say, How precious is your loving kindness, O God. And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Now, my father used to keep chooks, as most of you know, and I used to watch the hen and the chickens come running up and the hens spread out their wings to take the chicken in under their wings. That's what God does when we approach him. Now, here's the amazing thing. Nobody can get God's ear about you or about me. God knows us. He knows our thoughts before we think them. He created us. He had us in his mind from from eternity and brought us to being. And he just says, hi, I love you, spreads out his wings and says, come and nestle just for who you are. And he knows intimately everything about us. I don't have to justify myself before God. I don't have to defend myself before God. I don't have to say, well, God, everybody misunderstands me, so I guess you do as well. Because he says, no, I don't. I'm acquainted with you more intimately than you are with yourself. And you know what? We don't have to find a place in the bush to be there with him. He is just one prayer away from us entering that place. Is it good to go to a quiet place and do all that? Yeah, of course it is. 
And I still have those places. I love to walk and all around Pinehaven. I have quiet places where I go to pray. I have taken Linda to a couple of them, maybe not all of them. But I have quiet places where I go to pray and just be with him. But we don't have to go anywhere. He's one prayer away from putting his wings out and taking us in as young chickens to keep us warm and secure and telling us it's okay. What a great and a wonderful privilege. Um, even in the context of that, in some of your daily life, it often amuses me, no disrespect, and it's not to anyone here, it amuses me to hear teaching on Psalm 46. Because Psalm 46 is a great psalm that says, Be still and know that I am God. Have a look at the psalm. It's not quiet. It's the noisiest psalm in the Bible. Things are raising and the landscape's being destroyed and the hills are breaking down and also, and God says, in that place, you and I can be still and know He is God. Amazing. Just one prayer away. Father, in the midst of all of this going on, I need the shelter of your wings. And He extends them immediately. Amazing God, amazing Father. One of the key tools for that is prayer.